Hi everyone, today I chat with Jules, an SEO consultant based in London. We talk about uh, how to incorporate travel into your lifestyle and make it sustainable, about her own personal travel blog and kind of her career as a SEO consultant. I really enjoyed this episode and I hope you do too. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Hello, everyone. I am here with Jules. Uh, Jules, thank you for joining me today. Hi. <laughs> I'm uh, very grateful to have Jules on the uh, podcast. Uh, we were put in contact by a friend of mine who has some interesting like freelancer friends and uh, he thought it'd be really cool if we met and if we did uh, an interview. So um, I'm very excited to have Jules on. She is a freelancer SEO consultant, but who's also very passionate about traveling and making the most of, of your travels in general. And I am aware that this is slightly ironic given the current conditions that we're living in. But I still think it could be interesting. And obviously, once travel, we can start traveling again, this is will be very much irrelevant. So before we get into today's main topic, Jules, could you quickly give us a rundown of uh, who you are and what is it that you do? Yeah, so um, I'm Jules. And as, as you said, um, I'm uh, an SEO consultant, freelance. I live in London. I'm native German. I left Germany in 2015, first to come to London. Then I left London, was living in Malta for two years. And uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm back here in London for, for almost two years now. And yeah, I just, I just love traveling in general. And London is a great place to, to do that. I mean, you have such a big choice of airports available at your doorstep. So I decided it's the place for me to be and to establish as my hub, I would say. Sure. Um... <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, and today we're going to dive into kind of how to make the most of your travels. And I think this is a relevant topic for those pursuing FI because I've met a lot of people who reach try to reach financial dependence. And then the main reason is, is obviously freedom to travel sometimes. I mean, freedom to do whatever you want. And many times it's because these people really want to travel. And, and that's a big part of being free from a daily job. So why do you think it's important to travel and how do you make the most of your travels? I think it is important to travel to, to see something else, to um, get to know the world, to understand better how, how different people, different cultures, different mentalities work. Also to see the, the beauty this world has to offer and to also remind you of what you have back home to, to see how how well you are in Europe by having um, electricity, by not having to worry about um, not having clean water and these things. So it, it makes you realize what, what you have and you, you always come back and you're a bit of a different person because of all the things you have experienced, all the people you have met and um, that their, their life stories basically then also um, reflect back on you. And um, you, you mentioned that that right now is probably not the best time to talk about it because we're in lockdown. But I think right now is actually the best time to talk about it because I'm super happy that I'm making use or have made use of every opportunity I had in the past to travel. 
And I was actually away the last two weekends before we went into lockdown. One weekend in Belgium, the other weekend I went to Cornwall for surfing. And I'm so happy right now that I have done this because it makes the situation right now uh, more bearable. And I say, what, what about those people that literally go on holiday once per year and they might not have been away since last year, July or August, that are now stuck inside? And this is something I would, would say is I've definitely done the right thing by taking that opportunity and just, yeah, just doing it when I could, because you never know what might happen when you get the next chance to do something you love. That's very true. And I think this is a very good wake up call, right? To those who realize mm -hmm. there's really really worth making time to do things that you enjoy. And you've really taken that to the next level by literally incorporating it into your own lifestyle because you are a freelancer. So you have much more flexibility and you can you can travel anywhere and work from anywhere. Uh, it's kind of digital nomad, I guess, although you do have a base in London. So can you kind of describe a little bit what your lifestyle is like and what kind of inspired you to, you know, go freelance? Um, so it was always... Um, but as long as I can think of, um, when people ask me, what, what do you want to do for a living? I was like, well, if I could do anything, I would travel the world and write about it. That was always my answer. And um, so it, it was kind of in, in my mind already over the years. I uh, studied languages at uni. So my background is in linguistics and cultural anthropology. And with this uh, automatically comes this interest in uh, different cultures and getting to know um, how, how the world is in a different part of the world. And um, so, yeah, I started building this into my lifestyle one, once I had the opportunity. When I, I, while I was at uni, it was a bit difficult because um, we really had to be present at uni and we had to sign in and sign out. And during the, the break, we had to write a massive amount of papers. And it was a bit difficult back then also, um, yeah, budget-wise. But then as soon as I started working, I was like, okay, let, let's see, where, where can you go from here? Where can you travel? I moved to London and later moved to Malta and always was like, yes, let's, let's go and explore this place. And then I went freelance about a year ago. And uh, the main reason for this was that basically I had an offer, somebody wanting to work with me. And that would only work um, on a on a freelance basis because they were in a different country. They knew I didn't want to move away from London and I wanted to travel a bit more. Um, being in SEO is also something that makes it very easy to just work from anywhere because all you need is a laptop and a stable Wi-Fi connection. And uh, so, yeah, I went freelance. I started doing uh that uh, started traveling a bit more, not, not as much as I could, because in your first year of business, um, you first need to see that you get clients and um, have some some kind of income. Um, but I think uh, last year I really traveled the, the most that, that was possible. And I was recently talking to another SEO freelancer here in London, and he started at approximately the same time. And he said to me, wow, wow Jules, how did you do that, that you were traveling so much last year? I was in the first year of business. I was just trying to to not sink. And I was like, well, I, I don't know what I've done right, but something is there that I must have done right because um, I, I managed to swim very well in the first year despite a few ups and downs. And I guess it's just how you set your priorities and what you want to get out of it. And I, I must add, I uh, am a budget traveler. So um it makes it a bit easier if you don't have to um, save a lot of money 
to do the travel you want to do. So that's an interesting kind of lifestyle that you've adopted, because I think a lot of us in the FI community kind of fantasize that uh, our ideal life would be maybe like digital nomad, as in, you know, traveling and working at the same time. Maybe you go off to Southeast Asia and you work in some cool, I don't know, these uh, hipster, like big um, chalets or whatever, and you work from the beach. I think that's the typical image we have in our head. Mm -hmm. But from what you're telling me, you're based in London and you kind of, you probably go travel every weekend or maybe for a week, once a month. Could you tell us a bit more kind of how you've incorporated the travel into your lifestyle? How often do you go and how do you pick a place? And you, you said you're, you're a budget traveler. So is it mostly cities yeah. then? And you just go for a weekend, explore a new city and then come back? Or what kind of traveling is it? So, um, yeah, at, at the moment for me, it's mostly either um, surf destinations because I'm also into surfing. And or really weekend city breaks. Um, and these city breaks, I mainly decide based on is there anything going on that is worth writing about on my blog? Like I went in February up to Norwich, which is about two hours north of London. And people were asking me, what, what are you doing there? There's, there's not much to see. Why, why do you spend the whole weekend there? And I was like, yeah, I'm going there because they have this thing called Love Light Festival. So they had light installations all over the city, which also makes then a great uh, photo and so on. So, so these things, I went to uh, Stratford-upon-Avon in November and combined that with a trip to Oxford and Blenheim Palace. And that was mainly because I got invited for a press viewing of the Christmas light trail at Blenheim Palace. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's go there and make it a little round trip, um, pick places. Um, I always also try and speak to people who say, like, hey, you grew up in this country, which, which places do you recommend to see? Then also it is super easy to catch the Eurostar, to get to Paris, to Brussels, to Amsterdam. And so when, whenever there is basically an, an opportunity and I'm mainly tired to, to an event or something like that, that is worth writing about. Or I really do like a surf trip, yeah. I like that. I like that you tie it to an event because this leads on quite well to my next question, which is, do you ever really get tired of, of cities? Because I'll be really honest, I have traveled. I used to go off when I was living in Barcelona every single weekend. Sorry, not every single weekend. One weekend a month, I would explore a new city. And I'll be very honest, I actually got a bit sick of the cities. They end up kind of blending. You do always the same things. They all look similar in the end. And you're just like, whatever, I want something different. Have you ever reached that point uh, and... Do you think you ever would or what are your kind of thoughts on that topic? I have never reached that point. Like I always found something interesting, even in a place where I had been before, because um, I always also try and stay in accommodation where you meet other people. So it's mainly uh, hostels or Airbnbs where I try to stay, not, not just because it's more budget friendly, but also, yeah, because you can meet people there. And even if you've been in a place before, you experience it in a different way every time you go there because of the people around it. Like when I was uh, in Oxford, for example, that, that trip last year in November, and um, I had been there before, like 10 years ago, something like that. I was like, well, you kind of have seen the city already, but let's go again. Let's do that same city tour again, because now you want to write about it on the blog. And I stayed uh, in a hostel and we ended up playing Cards Against Humanity in the evening. And this was quite an interesting experience because it's that type of game you usually only play with people that you know very well because you need to understand their humor. 
you need to understand how far can I go with my own uh, dark humor. <laughs> and it was super interesting to play that with people that you just meet in that moment and then to see how easily different people pick up um, what everybody thinks and does in the game. And yeah, so so this is the, the thing that, that always makes it a bit uh, different that you that you meet people and they, they might then tell you about something that you didn't know yet about this city. And even in the city where you live, I would argue there's always something to discover that nobody had told you about before that, that can be very minor, but it can also be a really big thing. So I, I don't think I will ever get, get tired of it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's very true that it really depends on the people. And that's why over time, I've realized the main reason that I travel is for the people. I don't really, the sites in the end are just like, that's, that's for me personally, obviously, everyone is different. But I actually go to a new country because I want to make local friends. And that's why we chatted about couchsurfing, because I really like uh, staying with locals or, or meeting locals. And then you kind of, they show you around and they know the city better than any well, any any tourists that you're going to meet because they live there and it's I've made some really great friends actually <laughs> now that I think about it our our friend in common uh, I hosted him on Couchsurfing that's how I met him because uh, I was in Edinburgh and he was passing through so as you can see you you make friends for for years really doing these kind of things so I, that's true it's every time it's new it, it, exactly it's it it has happened to me quite often in the past that I suddenly reconnected with somebody I had met once while I was traveling. Uh, on a random occasion, like now just connecting the two of us, or I also had it at uni that we had to make a presentation for an Italian uh, course. And everybody else in the group had actually lived in Italy, but I had been in France at the same time. So I was like, I don't really have anything to, to talk about from personal experience. And I just uh, started messaging everybody I had uh, in my Facebook that I had met while I was in France but who were Italians. And I was like, hey guys, tell me something interesting about the place where you live, where you grew up. And I'll see if I can put it into a presentation for this class. And it's just, it's so amazing to have this, this network of people that you kind of can connect with again when, when you need to. Yeah, that's um, that's very true, and that's kind of something special that we have in Europe. I mean, we um, we compare ourselves a lot to the US in the in the FI community because that's kind of where the the movement started. But in Europe, it's actually you know we 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 have a network of of kind of communities and cultures that are actually very different to each other and who have different but still interesting and, and great opportunities to kind of connect and make friends. And you actually just mentioned uh, your blog just quickly. I like how you use the blog as a way to kind of uh, another reason to explore a new city. So how, how has the blog in itself added value to your travels? Um, in, in that sense that I'm experiencing the place where I am more intensely by walking around with a camera. So I'm, I'm also in, into photography and that's also one big side of the blog. And while walking around with the camera, you automatically, you slow down, you look around more for small details. You, you, you see a place and you're like, okay, it, it's, it's a very tourist destination. Thousands of people have been here before. How can you put this now into a picture and give it a new uh, turn? How can you make it an exciting composition or maybe, I don't know, change the colors that you're using in the picture? Is there an interesting detail? And so it makes you experience that more. And then by knowing that you want to write about it later, you're also more in the moment. Like, for example, um, when I'm in the evenings, I'm in a surf house. Uh, we're sitting together with other surfers 
an interesting conversation comes up and it happened quite often in the past that I suddenly would stand up, go inside to get my little notebook, to start making notes, to be able to later write it down and not, not forget uh, the details of the things that are happening around me. So I think I'm also paying more attention to the moment and more in that moment by wanting to write down about it later. And then when I then sit down and actually write the post for the blog, it makes me relive that memory uh, also in a, quite an intense way. And sometimes I have it when I'm back home and then I'm, okay, now now make something out of your notes. That I'm like, wow, it's kind of also a bit of a, yeah, I don't know, coping technique. Because when you're back home from traveling, you just start to feel a bit like, oh my God, um, now that the people are gone, I'm, I'm sitting here in an empty room. And it's a completely different thing suddenly. So it can make you a bit, I would not say depressed, but you can get a bit sad because you also miss the people that you met. And then writing about it is kind of a coping technique to then say, hey, yeah, I had an amazing experience. I met these people. I'm writing about it now. And then once it's published, I usually also uh, email it to all the people that are featured in the blog and say, hey, guys, if you want to relive that memory, here's the blog post. Have fun reading it. And this also then again makes you reconnect with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I really like that also. You're kind of using the blog as a tool to to remember, to to experience, to travel, yeah. to experience your your, your journeys, uh, yeah. well, your journey and your experiences, like, better. And what's interesting here is that you, you, it sounds like you, when you travel, you actually take, like, a holiday and then you come back home and you get to work. So how is that, like, have you ever considered maybe working and traveling at the same time? And is that something that you could do like for example you go from one city to another and you stay for one week and you book an airbnb for a week and then you work there or maybe one week is maybe not enough but a month you know you go for i don't know you go to to barcelona for a month you live there for a month you enjoy yourself and then you go to another city for a month and then i don't know what people would call slow travel people call it or maybe it's three months or six months have you ever considered that and is that something you think is sustainable or if it makes sense really as a lifestyle that that is definitely um, on on my list um, of things that I that I want to do. Um, so far, I have not been able to fully do it because of uh, situations with my clients. So there are still um, some clients in my portfolio that before we went into lockdown um, wanted me to be in their offices, kind of. Um, but it is uh, in the long term the the plan to become more independent in that sense and then really live in a place for a longer time. Um, I'm also at this, on the side uh, training to become a paddleboarding instructor. And plus the, the surf photography that I have been getting into more to have then also that ability to go to one of these places where you can do these things and offer these services as an additional form of income if that makes sense. So um, I'm, I'm definitely planning to do these things. And I had like a mini kind of this thing in January when I was in Fuerteventura and went surfing in the morning, spent the afternoon in a co-working space there with other people who were there to work and travel. So um, it's something I'm definitely trying to get into. And with the, then writing about it for the blog, um, on one hand, I don't consider the blog to be work. It's more of a passions project at the moment. And so I don't always have the time while I'm traveling to get the blog post up and published and everything also because it is in two languages. So it's automatically 
double the amount of work to get one post live. And that's why quite often I write about my travel when I'm back home based on the notes I've taken, because there's just not enough time to do it while I'm traveling to really do it properly. And you want it to be written nicely. You want the photos to to fit in well and everything look good. And yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I see it as something on the horizon. Um, I, it, it's definitely something that I think we all really like doing. I'll be honest with you. I have done it a little bit, not, uh, not one month. It was more like three or four months. But I'll be also very honest that you do, after some time, you kind of feel like you don't really, um, how do I say this? You you lack a kind of community. I mean, London is different because there's so many freelancers. It's really a cosmopolitan city with a lot happening. But you might find that like as you go from one city to another, it's you kind of want to meet other people who are like you, you know? Uh, and it's hard to build a community if you're changing place every three months. I must say with, with these, these co-working spaces, you have that. And I think it will become more and more over the next few years to have these, like the one that I went to when I was in Fuerteventura. There was there was a community involved with it because in that same co-working space, they also offered co-living and they were doing like barbecues in the evenings and these things. I was staying in the in the surf house, so I was not that involved in that community. But if you wanted that, you can definitely have that. I've also heard from uh, somebody else here in London a few weeks ago, they're running different co-working spaces here, that they've uh, bought a house in Tenerife at the beginning of this year that they're trying to convert into a co-working, co-living space. And I was like, wow, let me know when this is open. I'll definitely come for a month uh, because that, that sounds perfect. And it also didn't sound as if it's an expensive thing to do, especially if you compare it to rent in London. Um, you can definitely afford a co-living space somewhere else <laughs> for a while. Um, and then, yeah, again, also co-working spaces in general. And this is also something I define for myself as location independence that I can also here in London work from wherever I want to work and try different co-working spaces, different communities to really find what suits me. Like I went to a really amazing place last year for a few weeks that was a place where they do a lot of yoga and mindfulness things. And you come in there and you're greeted with a hug. And like, wow, I never had that in any corporate environment. And you sit on the floor, you have lunch together and everybody says what they're grateful for that day. And this, this was just such a touching experience. And I also I, um, define that as being location independent, that I can go to these places whilst still being in the same city, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And actually, when you're talking about co-living, I know this is already a thing in Bali, uh, where people go there and they live for like a month and you can co-work. I've just heard it's not cheap, but, you know, as you say, if you're comparing to London, probably it's definitely cheaper. But yeah, that sounds definitely like a dream, right? To be able to just kind of uh, slowly make your way through the world, working and co-living, co-working with other people. And it's, it's, I don't know. I'm curious. I'd love to interview someone who's done it for a long, long time to see what they think about it. My my personal opinion or experience is just that you sometimes feel like you don't have a home and you're just kind of drifting through the world with no real like sense of direction. But <laughs> I think that's just if you do it for a very long time, maybe you do feel that. But short time, it's it's short term. It's it's kind of a nice little yeah. It's 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 definitely something worth experiencing, and. If if someone listening to this, for example, is thinking, okay, this sounds really cool. I'd love to go freelance. I'd love to be location independent. What is something that maybe you'd say 
you know, the first step in that direction or what, what kind of, yeah, encouragement you'd give them? It's, it's two separate things here because the question going freelance is a, a whole topic in itself that involves so much. And it's something everybody just has to find out for themselves. Uh, it depends on what kind of job you do. Can you actually do that freelance? And then how do you make sure you get clients and you have some form of income with a bit of stability? I mean, we all, we all have to eat at the end of the day. Um, so this is a separate discussion, but, but once you've made that step and you are freelance, um, there are definitely a few things to take into account to be able to then also leave that, that place where you are. So the, the most important thing for me in the, in the first step was I don't get my own office. Um, because I knew I, I can work from anywhere. So why would I need an own office? I just made sure that um, the room I'm renting here in London has enough space to have a desk in my bedroom, basically, so that I always have one place where I could work from. And uh, then the, the other thing was um, I registered my business at a PO box provider. In the beginning, I was with one where I still had to go there and pick up my mail. Now I changed a few months ago to one where they actually scan your mail and send it to you via email. So you only ever have to go there if it's really a letter where you say, hey, I need to have the physical copy of that. Then all the, the uh, letters from the government, they get sent directly to my accountant. So these these are the, I would say, most most important things that you have that sorted. That if you say, I'm I'm not in the place where my business is registered for a few months, how, how is my mail handled? Will I be able to access everything? Will my bank be able to, to get in touch with me in case they need anything? And especially when like tax deadlines come and so on. So for the, the personal mail, I've seen it already when I left Germany. And there are still some letters from like my German bank account and so on that uh, come to my home address back in Germany. And my mom is basically handling that. So um, if I was to leave London for like three or four months, I would see that either my current housemates are happy to still receive my private mail if anything important comes, or I would need to have a friend, an, an ally in that sense, where I can basically change the address that the bank has for me to their address. And they let me know when there's uh, important mail to act on. Yeah, then, then uh, one big tip that I would definitely give everybody who thinks about it is um, reduce your luggage. In that sense, how many things do you own? How quickly can you move out of the place where you are? And how much of how many of those things do you really need to keep? Where would you store them? Because if, if you really go away for three or four months, um, you don't want to keep on paying rent, especially not here in London. So you need to think about what am I doing with all my stuff? Can I pack it up in a few boxes and store somewhere? Uh, do I need to rent a storage space for these things? And this was when I moved uh, to Malta. This was the thing that I had said to myself, okay, I know I'm not staying here forever. So everything that I buy for the flat there, buy it with that thought in mind that is, if you ever leave, you might not be able to take it with you. So don't buy things that are too valuable that uh, that you really hang on. And uh, when I left Malta, I literally did that within a week, relocating to a different country, packing up all my things, renting out uh, the apartment I had there. And I ended up with having everything in four boxes and two suitcases, basically. 
And this is still uh, now having been here in London for two years, it is a bit more by now, but I can still pack up everything within a day, literally. And this is something that, that people need to keep in mind. What, what do they do with all their stuff? Um, yeah, this, this comes again and also with um, the ability to reduce costs. Like, um, of course, don't, don't sign up for a gym membership that you have to stick with for a year if you plan to go away. Um, same with like uh, rental agreements. I mean, I would not recommend anybody uh, to buy a flat and have to pay off a mortgage if they plan to go traveling, these things. Um, so here in London, this is super easy because you're anyways, in most cases, renting a room in a house where you don't have a commitment that's longer than a month usually. So um, yeah, rental agreements, see that you get out of it easily or you have to stick with it to the end and then travel. And then um, one thing I did um, also with, with the, the uh, business side, um, I opened an account with TransferWise, which is uh, great to uh, convert money between different currencies without having uh, horrendous fees. Because if you use your standard bank account, you easily pay so much in fees. And I've made that mistake in the past. Because coming from Germany and then moving to the UK, there was always this thing, euros, pounds. And yeah, I, I paid quite a lot in bank fees over the years until I until TransferWise came. I was like, yes, this is the solution. Um, so also think about these things and um, think about uh, health insurance wherever you travel in the world too. Um, are you insured there? Uh, make sure you're not missing out any country because um, read the fine print. And this also comes with um, business insurance. Like if I'm traveling and I take my business equipment with me, hence my laptop, my photography, is my business equipment actually um, insured in that country that I'm going to? So all of these are things. And one other really important thing, uh, tax, because there are double taxation agreements in place with certain countries, but not with all of them. If you really plan to stay in one other country and work from there for a longer period, it is usually six months. That is kind of the, the threshold. Um, really read up on it. Uh, you don't want to get into trouble and pay tax in two countries in the end. Um, so these, these are things to really think about before you do it. Yeah, those are really great trips. And actually on your last point, I mean, this is one of the reasons why we started this podcast, so we could figure out what are the best countries to live in, study in, uh, invest in, uh, set up, you know, buy property, invest in in uh, sec securities. And, and your point is very valid that, uh, for example, I am tax resident in the UK. I pay my taxes here. I'm guessing you're tax resident in the UK too, and you're paying your taxes here. But we always think like you, you're with Germany and I'm with Spain. You know, if, if, if I was to spend more than six months in Spain, obviously at that point, Spain would be like, okay, right. You're, 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 you're tax resident in Spain. We want to, we want, um, some of the, we want you to pay tax here. So it's very important to keep that into account. And we've had several episodes in this podcast where we interview people who set up businesses in Estonia uh, to kind of work around this. And it's very interesting. We highly recommend, I um, can't remember what's, what number episode that is, but uh, that's one strategy that people use. Me personally, and, and probably you too, Jules, I, UK is one of the best countries in, in Europe to be a tax resident because the rates are, I mean, they're, they're like everywhere else, but there's a, a very large personal allowance and everything can be done digitally, really quick online, and it's relatively easy to manage. Uh, from personal experience, Spain is a pain. You need uh, an accountant to do everything. You have to pay them. And then the personal allowance is much lower. I, I know Germany is very efficient in that way too. 
but from what I understand in Germany, you have to pay huge uh, health contributions, right? Um, insurance, health insurance. Um, but anyway, just to say that in the UK overall, it's a really good deal uh, for freelancers. W would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I can't make a direct comparison because um, I did not really look at these things before I came here. It was more like I was here. I knew I want to stay in the UK also with Brexit in mind and everything. So I didn't really research about it, in which country would it be best for me to, to register my business. I knew I wanted to stay here, um, but it was definitely a lot easier than it would have been in Germany because, yes, you can do everything online and you can literally open a business within five minutes by just filling it a bit of information online. And in, in Germany, yes, things are uh, more efficient, but there's also a lot more bureaucracy. Um, they want a lot more documentation from you and that can really become a pain. Whereas here in the UK, so far, my impression, um, first year of business um, is basically done, everything on the books. It was easier than I expected it to be and then what, what my family back in Germany had told me when they heard that I'm starting my own business. So um, yeah, I would definitely say it's, it's a good country for, for freelancers and small businesses. And I guess just final point on this, because uh, I think we both agree this is an interesting topic, is you've obviously been able to incorporate traveling into your lifestyle by becoming a freelancer. And in the FI community, we talk a lot about, you know, saving up money, investing in the stock market so that you can then quit your job, retire early and kind of do whatever you want. Um, but you've kind of taken a different direction and just kind of incorporated it into uh, incorporated it into your own lifestyle. So I'm not going to ask you, you know, which one's better. I'm just going to say, what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, if there are any pros and cons or, yeah, what, what is your general opinion on which kind of direction is, you know, opt optimal? There is no general opinion because it, it depends on a lot of things. Like the first thing is what, what do you actually do for a living? And can you do this job from anywhere? And um, also the, the thing is, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have found a job that I absolutely love and that. On, on most days of the week doesn't doesn't feel like work work because I enjoy doing it um, and that of course plays a big part in that um, and then it also depends which country do you want to travel to because most most of the jobs that you could do while you're traveling require you to have a stable internet connection and electricity <laughs> and there are parts of this world and it's good that they exist but there, there you just don't have that. You're completely disconnected. Like um, a few years ago, um, I was looking at wildlife projects in uh, South America. And it said there immediately, yes, you will stay in a house by the beach and uh, save sea turtles. But don't expect here that we have constant electricity. There's Don't even ask about Wi-Fi. And if you wa ever want to make a phone call, you have to get on a crappy bus and drive for two hours into the next town. And then if you're lucky enough, you find a telephone that works. And so if you want to travel to any of these destinations, of course, you need to take that into account that you might not be able to work while you're there. And then, of course, it is better to, to save up money and then take two or three months off, have that experience and then come back and work. Um, it, of course, means that you will probably have to work a bit more and a bit harder than uh, you would usually do if you really want to be able to take a few months off. And, uh, yeah, these, these things all need to be taken into account. But if you, uh, especially if you want to stay in Europe, 
working and traveling is super easy, in my opinion. And yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of it depends, really, is the answer. Uh, but I have I I'm not I, I've also been freelancing for a year. But a lot of freelancers that I know that have been freelancing for you know ten years plus, they've kind of managed to fit in you know turning off for two or three months within their kind of uh, work. So you know, as a freelancer, you can book projects in advance, and this is like next level. You you kind of. For, for people who really know what they're doing and, and are really experienced. Um, I know that, for example, I could maybe uh, book some clients and say, okay, we're going to start working in September. And I book like five clients in September. And then the current ones that I'm working with, we kind of end it in, I don't know, like June. And then suddenly I've got like three months off. And if you, if you, I guess what I'm trying to say here is if you engineer it correctly, you can build a, a work life situation where you can maybe disappear for three months and you'll be fine. But I do, I, I think it does take some time to get there and, you know, you need to gain experience and obviously clients that, that uh, trust you and, and that are still there when you come back. So it's definitely, yeah, for sure. It takes time. That's the thing. You need to build that relationship with the clients. Also, also when you work and travel, you need to have a good relationship with your clients because you might be in a different time zone. You need to pre you need to prepare them for the fact, hey, I might not reply to your email within the usual two hours. It might take a day, but trust me, I am still working uh, on on your things, and uh, I will still be there. It just might be a bit slower, and these things. So, so this is this is the thing, and that that I set as a goal for for myself for the one or two years of my business, build those client relationships, so that uh, they. They might not even notice uh, that that you're going away, basically in that sense, and yeah, that they trust you enough um, to to do these things. But yeah, if you really want to take two or three months off, it's it's more about you need to have enough uh, savings to to live those two or three months. And depending on where you go in the world, I would also argue you want to have enough savings to always be able to get back home if anything really goes wrong. I mean, also keeping in mind uh, there's family. Um, things might happen where you quickly might want to stop your trip. Um, it was it was really difficult for me when when my grandma died, um, and I was I was in Peru at that time, and I was I was only got there for a month, so it wasn't that long. But it was like, oh my god, I I really would want to be home right now, but I couldn't. And if you go away for a longer time to somewhere where you're not home within one or two hours, you you want to take these things into account and have enough savings. To say, hey, if really anything happens, I want to have enough money in the bank that allows me to book a flight for the next day and be able to to go home. So these these things. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, uh, Jules, we have a couple of final questions that I'll just uh, throw out. Uh, the first one is, where can we find you online if people want to get in touch and maybe learn more about you? Um, so there's there's the the blog that's charlieonthemove.com. And uh, that's available in English and German. So um, whichever language you prefer, there's a contact form and an email address if you want to get in touch. Um, I also have for the blog um, an Instagram account, a TikTok account, a YouTube account, Facebook. Um, so whichever medium you prefer, if you want to get in touch, if you want to get involved, there's also a Facebook group called Charlie and Friends, where um, I'm trying to encourage other people to also share about their travels. So if, if if you want to share anything, feel free to join that group. Yeah, get involved. 
Very cool. We'll add those in the show notes. Uh, second question is, what is one resource not well-known that you would recommend to others? It could be a blog, a podcast, uh, anything that you kind of like. For It could be anything for traveling, for investing, for freelancing. Um, well, I would, I would definitely mention my, my freelancer community here in London. It's, uh, it's a website called becoffee.io. And the, the uh, goal of this website basically is they find coffee shops all over London where you can work from. So they test basically the Wi-Fi. They make sure you have a power plug. Um, you also can get then discounts on coffee and lunch and so on. And before we went into lockdown, they used to have a weekly co-working brunch where you can meet other freelancers. And it has kind of turned into this, this great community of people. Some of them have become really close friends. And we also were helping each other a lot, uh, especially when you start a business. And they're now doing this online, but uh, we're all in lockdown. And this is definitely a resource I would recommend. There's also a Slack group. So people from all around the world, you don't have to physically be in London to join there um, from everywhere in the world. You can basically join uh, this community. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, learn from each other, help each other. Yeah, I really like that. And I know we have quite a few listeners from London. So, you know, anyone who's in London, definitely check that out. Uh, and our last question that we ask everyone uh, on our podcast is, what is your number one actionable tip for someone to get started on the path to, usually here we put financial independence, but here I'm going to say kind of, a sustainable, you know, work and travel lifestyle. Figure out what what you want to do and how you want to do it, because there there is not one way to do freelancing. There's not one way to do traveling, and you need to find out. Like for freelancing, for example, some people are super happy with finding work on Upwork, People Power, these websites. Um, it has not worked for me. Um, I prefer the the personal connection to meet people at networking events, talking to them, hear them talk about their business. Um, so you need to find out your way. And the same goes for traveling. I prefer um, hostels, surf houses, Airbnb, because you can meet people. Um, but that might not be everybody's cup of tea. So, um, yeah, just figure out what you want to do and then see how you can do it and you might need to set some priorities there and let a few things go um but don't don't lose the the focus on on the goal on what you actually want to achieve very cool um jules uh it's been a great pleasure to have you on the podcast thank you very much for your time thank you for having me and it was great hey matthias do you think there are no financial independence facebook groups yet Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddits, in Facebook groups, the Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project, to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing 
this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.